slide up here. So I want to kind of remind you here, we've been going through the book of Hebrews, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we've really kind of slowed down as it gets to Hebrews chapter 11, because Hebrews chapter 11 is this wonderful study that goes over 40 different characters from the Old Testament. And how they all walked in faith. And we've been doing this at the beginning of the study, so bear with me. If you've been with us here for the last couple weeks, you know where I'm going. Let's define what faith is. According to the Bible, faith is Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Jump ahead to verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So that's our definition of faith. Faith, knowing and trusting and believing in this God that you do not see, that you have hope in. Now, that struggles for a lot of people. And I use this example, I think, every week. You guys all came in here tonight and you had faith. You had faith that your chair that you're sitting on would support you. You have faith that the roof is not going to cave in on you. You have faith that the building is wired properly electrically. And it's not going to start a fire tonight. You have faith in all those things. Those are all things that you cannot see. Well... Taking that same mindset, we're applying that to the Lord. We did not see Christ on the cross. We did not see his body going to the tomb. We did not see that tomb becoming empty. And what we've been talking about is faith. Faith in salvation. Investing in our faith. What does it mean to invest in your faith? It means that you say, Lord, I want to go and grow deeper in you. I want to live it. I just don't want to say it. I don't want to just confess it. I want to believe it, mean it, and live it. And all that I do and all that I say. And this is our verse. We want this faith to be our way of life. Habakkuk 2 verse 4, the just shall live by faith. And this idea is repeated throughout the Bible. It's in Galatians and Romans and Hebrews. You don't just say it. You don't just talk it. You live it. What does it look like to live in faith? Well, that's why we have all these examples. And we want to live it. We want to walk by faith, not by sight, as we've mentioned before. If you can see it, it's not faith. So part of faith is trusting and believing in those things you do not see some of it is real we trust and believe in a god that we do not see but some of it is also ideas i trust and believe that this god has a plan for my life that i have not seen so when i come in here tonight and i'm battling health issues i'm battling financial issues i'm battling relationship issues i have faith that this god i cannot see is going to get me through it so you take that information, and then as you go minister to coworkers, friends, and family, and they come up to you, and they're struggling in life, you can tell them this is where faith kicks in, to have faith in a God we cannot see. But we also need to invest in that faith, to grow in it, and that's what we've been talking about as well. So last week we talked about Noah, the amazing faith of Noah, the man that built the boat. For 120 years, when the Bible says it had not rained on the earth, this concept of rain and flood was foreign to them, and he still built a boat. And as he was building this boat, the Bible says he was preaching to them. So for 120 years, Noah in faith is building a boat for something he has no idea what he's even really preparing for, this concept of rain and flood. And as he's building it and people are coming by, he preaches to them, having faith in God. So last week we did one verse... We're going to pick up the pace here a little bit tonight because we're going to talk about Abraham and the faith of Abraham. So Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And as he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelled in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with them of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Now, let's talk about this faith for a little bit. Dustin, if you can go to the next slide. Here's our four main points about faith tonight. 
and let's talk about these. But before we get into that, we have to talk about Abraham a little bit. Abraham's first name was not Abraham. Abraham's first name was Abram. So Abram means exalted father. Exalted father. Now you have to remember back in Bible times, your name meant something. So when you would go up and meet Abram for the first time, and you would meet him and his name is Abram, you'd immediately know, oh, exalted father. What a blessing of a name. You must have quite the legacy. You must have quite the heritage. You must have quite the family. And at that time, how many kids did Abram have? Zero. Do you not think that was a bit humbling? I'm an exalted father. Oh, of how many? Nobody. So then God changes his name in Genesis 17 from Abram to Abraham. Abraham now means father of a multitude. Now, this is a trick question. How many kids did Abraham have at that time? Now, that one, he had one. He had Ishmael, but it wasn't with Sarah's wife. You remember the story there of Abraham. Sarah had the great idea, would speed this process up of having the chosen child. Here's Hagar, my maidservant. This is a great idea, Abraham. It didn't work out the way everybody thought it would. Did he have any kids with Sarah at this time? No. So now when he goes up and meets everybody, he is the father of a multitude with no kids with his wife. That's faith, people. That's faith. That's like me saying my name is too tall. You know, I mean, it's faith. It's coming. I believe it. Father of a multitude, one child, and that child's not even with his wife. Abraham is this amazing picture of faith. Now, please remember, as we go through our study in Hebrews, all these characters we talk about, God never mentions what they did wrong. Never does. Because this whole chapter is about walking in faith and victory. Now, as we go through it, we're going to bring up a couple of the points that they did because the Bible makes it clear we're supposed to learn from what they did right, but we're also supposed to learn from what they did wrong. So we'll get into that a little bit here. But the first thing you see with Abraham is this, verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Look at our first point. Faith leads where we don't know. He had no idea where he was going. No idea. Let's get a little bit of background to this. Can you go with me? Let's jump back to Genesis 12. Keep your hand here in Hebrews 11 because we'll be coming back to it. Genesis 12. I've always struggled with not knowing what the purpose of it is. It's hard to walk in that type of faith of saying, Lord, I trust that you're leading and moving even when I don't see what you want to do. Dawn and I used to go down to Atlanta a lot before we had kids. We liked to go down and watch the Braves play. And I was one of these guys that I, I can get very meticulous when it comes to numbers and figures, etc. And I used to keep track on the way down of where we would pass certain milestones. How long did it take us to get to Cincinnati? And then how long did it take us to cross the border into Tennessee and then across the border into Georgia and get to Atlanta, etc.? And what would happen is every time I drove down, I would keep track of these things, time, etc., so I knew in the back of my mind as I'm driving, okay, it's so many hours to get to here. Okay, now we've crossed this landmark, so many hours to get to that. It helped me kind of keep that focus. And I really struggle till this day if I don't know what the plan or the purpose is. One of the worst things you could do to me, and please don't ever do this to me, is say, James, would you like to go on a ride with me? Sure, I get in the car and I say, where will we go? Are going? And you would look at me and say, I'm not telling you. I would jump right then and there. I like to know the plan. I like to know the route. I like to know the time. I like to know the destination. So when I see Abraham here, 
where he was sent and he doesn't know where he's going. And this is what God says to him. Look at uh, verse 1 of chapter 12. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house. To land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. He leaves in faith, not knowing, not knowing the plan. Listen, some of you are here right now. You have a faith in the Lord. You trust that God is moving and working, but you don't know what the plan is. You've got to trust it. You've got to believe it. And as you're trusting and believe, sometimes you've got to take those steps of faith that don't make sense. But what God is asking you in this time and season of faith is to be obedient to him. God makes it very clear what you're supposed to do. Look at verse 1. Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Leave. Leave them all. His dad's name was Terah. Leave Terah. Go. Now, we know from studying the book of Acts, does Abraham leave his father? He takes his father with him. And what does that do? Slows him down, according to the book of Acts. Is this fascinating? You know what Abraham's dad's name means? Delay. His dad's name means delay. If you are in a walk of faith right now and you're in a season of Abraham where you don't know what the end road is, you don't know what the final result is, and this is really starting to get difficult, may I ask you something straightforwardly? Are you delaying? Are you clinging on to something where God has said, here's step A, do step A, and then I'll show you step B? See, step A for Abraham was what? Leave your country, leave your family, leave your father. Now, we know from studying out the scripture, the problem with his country, his family, and his father was they were idolaters. And God is saying, I need to get you away from that sin. Sometimes people come up to me and say, James, I feel like I'm walking in faith, but I don't know what the end road is. And I usually say, have you gone back and done the first thing God asked you to do? God will not reveal step B until you do step A. Don't do half-hearted obedience. Don't do half-obedience. Do full obedience. Do not let delay get in the way there because that's exactly what happened to Abraham. He was obedient. He left, but he left in his time frame. He left in his way. He left in his message. And God says, I want full obedience. But still, let's pat this guy on the back. Walked in faith where he did not know where God was leading him. That's an amazing thing at the age of 75, to pack up and say, I'm going to do something different because the Lord has laid this on my heart. Wow, that's pretty impressive. You would see that for somebody maybe in their late teens, early 20s, etc. But as we get older, what happens? Our feet become more like concrete, don't they? So when the Lord asks us to do something amazing, whatever, the older we get, ah, no, that's not for me. That's for the young ones. 75, walking in faith, not knowing where he was going. Now, let's go to our next point here about Abraham. Stay here in Hebrews chapter 11. What's the next thing that we see? Verse 9, By faith he dwelt in the land of promises in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This is kind of interesting. The Bible says in verse 9 that he dwelt in this land, he dwelt in tents. Now just keep it simple here. Verse 9, dwelling in tents. Verse 10, waiting for a city. I think you can see the difference there. Tents. Temporary dwellings. City. There's talking about a foundation and a building, something more firm. What God is trying to say to us, look at our next point. Faith gives us a future. 
He's trying to tell Abraham, don't dwell in the here and now. You've got to look past the here and now and to the future. Not the city of tents, but a firm foundation. Please remember this. According to the Bible, you get about 70 years on this earth. That's what you get. This is a tent. Since this is a tent, don't let the temporariness of this world dictate your joy, your peace, your love. Don't. You're looking past this tent and you're looking to something more firm. Verse 10, the city with a foundation whose builder and maker is God. That's called what we call an eternal focus. You've heard me joke about this a lot out here, this idea of camping. My wife's idea of camping is tent. My idea of camping is a hotel. You know what I mean? There's a difference there. Why would I want to trade air conditioning and a pool and a mattress and satellite television and room service? You're going to make me go build my own tent? No. As you can tell, I'm more spiritual. I'm getting the bigger picture here, right? Verse 9, tent is temporary. Verse 10, city is permanent. What they're trying to say here is get your focus on eternity, on the end goal. Do not let the day-to-day things of this world dictate your joy, your peace, your future, your vision. Don't. It'll get the best of you. I was sharing this uh, the other day in discipleship class. It was last Thursday. I had one of those epiphany moments with God. Where it's just like, I'm not going to let little things get to me anymore. Just a knot. I remembered exactly where I was sitting. I was sitting on my couch in my living room. The family was all there. We were watching something. And it was just this moment that came on in the show we were watching. And I just thought, you know what? I, I believe in heaven and hell. I believe in the eternity of this. I'm not going to allow the little things anymore to get to me. This was about 4 o'clock on Thursday. Fast forward to Friday, about 11 a.m. So please do note, I made it 19 hours. We were getting ready to go someplace. And as we were getting ready to go someplace, I just wanted my hat. Just that's all I want. I just simply wanted my hat. And my hat stays in a certain spot. As we're getting ready to go, hey, guys, have you seen my hat? Can't find it. Now, all of a sudden, guess what happens? I'm pretty frustrated. And I start saying things like this. You know what, everybody? Because this is what I do. I call the family together. We have a family meeting. I say, huddle. So the boys all come up and huddle. And so I'm sitting there, and I start doing this speech. You know, I don't ask for a lot in life, guys. Just like the simple things, something simple and small. The only thing I want is just my hat, guys. Has anybody seen my hat? Oh, we know where your hat's at, Dad. Okay, where's the hat? It's in on the floor of our bedroom. Why is my hat on the floor of your bedroom? Okay, that's I can get over that. Now, you have to know a little bit more background at the Irvin house. My older three boys, in their room, it's right off our laundry room, Bella, our dog, sleeps with them. And that's the rooms that Bella's allowed to go in. She gets to go into the boys' bedroom, and she gets to go in the um, laundry room there. That's the only spot she gets to go. I have a love-hate relationship with Bella. I love her because she watches my boys. I love her because I love dogs. She sheds every day like 20 pounds of hair. So I go find my hat. My hat's on the floor. Guess what my hat's covered in? Dog hair. So now I have my hat, and now what am I saying to everybody? This hat cannot be worn. This hat has to be thrown away. This hat is no longer any good. And at this time, Dawn is saying, I can get all the dog hair off. And I would say, oh, go ahead and try. So she went and got all the dog hair. She handed it back. And I start counting them. One, two, you know what I'm saying? This is the flesh. 
And so at this time, I'm stopping and I'm thinking. And the Lord reminds me, wasn't it just yesterday afternoon you said, in the whole scheme of heaven and hell, these things don't matter anymore. That you're going to let all the little things go. So now let's bring this full circle. Look at verse 9, dwelling in tents. Think about the last thing that upset you and frustrated you. Was it a tent or was it the city with the foundation whose builder and maker is God? I'm willing to bet the last thing that frustrated you was a temporary thing on this earth that had nothing to do with eternity. Had nothing to do with the soul of your neighbor, of your coworker, your friend or family member who's either going to heaven or hell. I bet it didn't. And see, what we learn in Abraham, our second point, faith gives us a future. Verse 9, we move past the temporary tense, and we keep our focus on verse 10. The city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you hear this point tonight, and you stop and you say, that's the focus I want, amen. I will pray for you as you pray for me. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have a test coming up. That test is going to be something small and insignificant. And when that test happens, you have to decide right then and there, what am I going to let affect me? Am I going to let the temporary tense control my life? Or is it going to be the eternal focus of what the Lord is doing and moving and working and having that future? If you focus on the tense, you're going to live in discouragement, despair, depression, dejection. But if you focus on the city, you're going to have a future a hope, a promise. And that's what Abraham had. He focused on the future instead of the temporary of the happening the here and now. Now, before we move on to his wife, Sarah, anybody got any quick questions, comments about Abraham here or what we've gone over there the first few verses of Hebrews 11? Okay, so our first two points. Faith leads us where we don't know. Abraham wandered where he did not know where he was going, but he walked in faith. Our second point there, faith gives us a future. Move past the temporary tense. And get to the foundation, the eternal city that God has in store for us. Now, let's go to our next one. Faith gives us strength. Look at verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. What does faith do? Faith gives us strength. Let's take a look at this story. Can you go with me to Genesis 18? Genesis 18. God had promised Abraham this, this multitude, this city, this, excuse me, this descendants. But the problem was, God wasn't moving quick enough. So God has made this promise to Abraham, and what happens in Genesis 16, if you guys are going to Genesis 18, Sarah basically says, you know what, this is not moving quick enough, so what we're going to do is speed up the process here. And in the flesh, we're going to fix this. Abraham... I'm going to give you Hagar, my maidservant, and then you're going to bring a child into our family through her. Now, come on. Haven't we all done that? God's not moving quick enough. God's not moving fast enough. So in my flesh, I speed up the process. Instead of having faith to wait patiently. Now, some of you may be sitting here and saying, but James, I've waited. I've waited weeks, months, years for the marriage to get better, for the health to get better, to have a vision, a future, a promise, etc., Remember, how old was Abraham when God called him? Seventy-five. Seventy-five. And that's not even that old because if you look at Moses, Moses was 80 when he had his calling. See, we look at this and we want everything to be so quick. I call it that McDonald's fast food spiritual mentality. We've got to move and we've got to move quickly. You know, it's just not quick enough now to have one drive through lane at McDonald's. We've got to have two. We used to have the 20 items or less. That's not quick enough. Now you can check yourself out at Walmart. 
We've got to keep moving. What the Lord is trying to say here is slow down and get your focus on me. So the problem was Sarah and Hagar and Abraham are trying to speed up the promise. It doesn't go good. So now in Genesis 18, the Lord comes down and has the face-to-face meeting with Sarah and Abraham about this. And he says, you know what? You are going to be blessed. Blessed. Take a look right here in verse 9, Genesis 18. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, this is the Lord speaking, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Now, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I tell you, right there, that's what I call refrigerator verse. Is anything too hard for the Lord? If you're sitting here tonight, and you're analyzing your situation, and you have a big but, but... My situation is too big, too much of a problem, too whatever. Then you're not walking in faith. Because faith gives us strength. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Verse 14. At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh. For she was afraid, and he said, no, but you did laugh. So let's fast forward and see what happens. Genesis 21, please. Verse 1 of Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Isaac means laughter. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, and God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah would have been 90. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. So she also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would have nursed children? For I have been born him a son in his old age. Faith gives us strength. So if you're here tonight and you're in a deep struggle, and you're not seeing the finish line, and you don't think you can do it, faith gives you strength. Where does that strength come from? Let's remember a couple things. Dustin, could you go ahead? uh, Two slides, I believe. No, back one. I was just testing you, Dustin. Investment. Remember, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. Faith is something that you invest in. You invest in that. How do you invest in your faith? By you deciding to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I want to start my day with you. I'm going to spend that time in the Word. I'm going to spend that time in prayer. I'm going to spend that time in devotion. When I'm driving to and from, I'm going to choose to have stuff on that I are going to encourage me and uplift me. Maybe I'm going to listen to a teaching. I'm going to listen to praise music. I'm going to listen to worship, etc. I'm going to invest in my faith by getting involved, and I'm going to look for opportunities to go out there and be a light and a witness. I'm going to look for opportunities to serve and minister. I'm going to invest in it. And as I invest in it, then when difficult times come, I have something to pull out of that investment and say, Lord, I can get through this through you, through faith I have in you. But the problem is this. Most believers, we don't invest in our walk in relationship with Christ. We don't. Now, I'm not saying that to pick. I'm just saying that to be honest. We don't put that time, energy, and effort into it. So, therefore, when the difficult times of life come, and I say, okay, now, Lord, I need to walk in faith. This is too big. And I try to pull some out of that investment. There's nothing in there. 
Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. We want to invest in it, so therefore, faith gives us strength in those difficult times. Go back, if you would, a slide there, Dustin. So Sarah laughs at first because she can't believe it. But then in Genesis 21, she laughs when it happens. Haven't you ever done that? I've done that before. The Lord does something, and you don't know what to do, and you just sit there, and you smile, and you laugh. You're like, Lord, you did it again. Lord, you just, you just did it again. And what a beautiful thing he is when you walk in faith and you trust him. So Sarah, Sarah in her old age has this child and this child of faith. Let's go back and finish up here in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 12. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. How do you like that description of Abraham? One man as good as dead. hundred years old, having a child, as good as dead. Now, this is what's so fascinating about this. God called Abraham when he was 75. Couldn't we have the same thing at 30, 40, 50? Yeah, we could have. But as I mentioned to you earlier, it's not really strange to see somebody maybe in the early 20s say, I'm going to go do something crazy. As we get older, our feet become more like concrete, as I mentioned. It's really hard for us to budge sometimes and walk in faith, isn't it? So for God moving Abraham at 75, that's pretty impressive. Now, couldn't he have the child earlier? Yeah, he could have. But you know what? You can look at the reports, people having kids in their 50s, 60s, etc. God says, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till it's so unbelievable that the only answer and explanation is it has to be the Lord. And that's exactly what happened here. The description of Abraham, one man as good as dead. That's what he looked like, as good as dead. We're born as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude. You know what happens, Abraham, is Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. And next thing you know, you have the 12 tribes of Israel. And through the descendants of Abraham, you have exactly what God promised. As many as the stars of the sky and the multitude, as numerable as the sand which is by the seashore. And how did this happen? Because look at our last point. Faith moves even when it doesn't make sense. If you're waiting for everything to fall into place perfectly, you could be waiting for a really long time. Put this all together. Just put your, take your life right here, right now. Take the things you're struggling with. Take the things the Lord's laying on your heart. And now let's apply it to these four points that we learned with Abraham. Faith leads where we don't know. Are you willing to take steps of faith when you have no idea what the outcome is going to be? Are you willing to do that? And that may be something as simple as, you know what? I'm going to go try to talk to that person at work. Lord, open up a door. Or maybe it's as simple as I'm going to step out in faith in that relationship and trust the Lord can heal and move. This may be as simple as, Lord, you know, the finances aren't there, but I'm trusting you're leading and moving. I don't know. But the Lord will lead where we don't know. And you have to walk in faith. If you're the person that's always going to sit back and wait for every single detail to be worked out, then you're really not going to see the Lord move and work. He wants us to move and work in faith. It goes back to our first verse that we talked about, Habakkuk. The just shall live by faith. Second Corinthians. Faith. We have to walk in faith and not sight. So if you're here tonight and you know the Lord's stirring your heart to do something, I just tell you, do it. Do it. It may be the greatest spiritual success you've ever seen. It may be the greatest spiritual failure you've ever seen. I used to be so scared of spiritual failures. And I started realizing a lot of times it's through those spiritual failures, I call it a failure, 
The Lord says, nah, James, that was a success. It was a success. Why? Because you walked in faith. You were willing to obey when it made no sense. You stepped out and did it. Yeah, but Lord, look. What came out of that? What came out of that is I walked in faith. What came out of that is the Lord says, you trust me. You trust me. It's been warm weather. So the boys have been wanting to go outside. Tyrus, our youngest, four years old, yesterday he wanted to go outside. He goes outside, comes back into the door, he's scared. Why? Well, it's warm out. You know, it's a little warm out. There's going to be bees. Nobody, there's not going to be bees in January. Okay, so I'm not going to get stung. You're not going to get stung. Comes back a little bit. There's going to be wasps. There's not going to be wasps, Tyrus. You're not going to get stung. Okay, comes back a little bit. There's going to be snakes. There's not going to be snakes, buddy. There's not. You know, by this time, I'm like, come on, man. You're the youngest of five boys. Man up, okay? You know, you got to have a little bit of a backbone here, buddy. And you may think, okay, that's silly. Okay, he went out, got through his fear, had a good time. He came up today from the basement, and he's pretty sure he saw a spider down there moving. Okay, there wasn't a spider you can handle this. We sit there, we laugh, but you know what? There's something in your life right now that scares you, that keeps you from walking in faith. It may be a person. It may be failure. It may be pride. It may be sin. I don't know. But there's something that keeps us from saying, I'm going to do it. The Lord says, you can do this. You can do this. What's our next point? Faith gives us a future. Right now, if you're here tonight and you're focused on the whole discouragement, despair, depression, dejection, yeah, you're focusing on tents, not the city that's coming. Get your eyes on the city whose builder and maker is God, who gives you a future and hope and a promise. This world is depressing. This world is discouraging. This world is sin and cursed. If you're focusing on this, it's your tent. It is going to be discouraging. Get your eyes on the future. And faith gives us strength. If you say, I can't, what can we learn from Sarah? In faith, you believe and trust the Lord can move and work. Remember the simple verse, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Faith gives you strength. And lastly, Faith moves even when it doesn't make sense. If you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, James, I got it. I'll go where God says go. I trust the future. I know it will give me strength. But, but, this makes no sense. Yeah, sometimes those are the most fun. It makes no sense. Well, I, you know, it, it just, James, it doesn't even make sense. Why would the Lord lead and guide me? I don't know. But faith moves even when it doesn't make sense. If you've prayed over it, you've fasted over it, you've sought the Lord over it, and the Holy Spirit is giving you leading and guiding, it's confirmed in God's word, it gives Jesus the glory, then by golly, take the step of faith. I had a pastor at a pastor's conference say to us one time, when God wants to teach me how to swim, he just throws me in the deep end. There's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Imagine the pool, right? I don't know what your personality is. There are some people that just go right to the deep end and jump in. They don't even feel the water. That's faith. Some of us put our toe in the first step. Five minutes later, we have our ankle in. Ten minutes later, it's up to our knees. You know what I mean? And then we sit there in the middle of the pool and we say, oh, don't splash me. Sometimes you just got to jump in. Trust the Lord's moving and working even when it doesn't make sense. And just like Abraham and Sarah walked in faith, we can do the same thing. Now, next week, we're going to take our stop right here because in verses 13 through 16, it changes subject just a little bit. But we pick up Abraham again in verse 17 in just a little bit. But remember these four things, guys. Remember this and say, okay, I want to walk in faith this week. I want to walk in faith today. Okay, Habakkuk, 
The just shall live by faith. That means we take those steps, even when we don't see it, it doesn't make sense. God gives us strength. And I tell you guys, that's when the ride really begins. That's when you start seeing, okay, Lord, I have died to myself, so it's not about me, it's about you. Oh, Lord, I just want to live it. Just want to live it. Anybody have any final questions, comments here about anything here in Hebrews 11, Abraham, before we close up? All right. Let's pray this into our lives. And if you guys want, I'll stick around up here for a little bit. If anybody's got anything they want to pray about, come on up here. But if you guys would stand with me as we get ready to close out in prayer. Lord, we want to put this into practice. We want to put it into practice. Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Lord, we want to be a body of believers that are in your word, that we're worshiping you, serving you, ministering, looking for day-in, day-out opportunities. And Lord, help us to invest in our walk and relationship with you. Lord, help us to invest in our families and our marriages and everything, Lord. Lord, help us to walk in faith. And if there's someone here tonight that is just completely discouraged, in the name of Jesus, show them the future, the city that's coming, the hope that you're moving and working. We love you, we praise you, and we want to walk in faith, trusting you. We lift this up in your name. Amen. Hey, you guys have a good week and God bless.